success is not really dependent on creativity. I think actual marketing success is incredibly scientific. It's extremely mathematical. Hi, before we get to this week's podcast, I'd like to tell you that Automated Creative are releasing a book called How to Make It in Marketing, Volume 1. It is a collection of the best marketing career advice we've had from over 200 episodes of the Shiny New Object podcast. You'll hear from some of the biggest, brightest and best names in the industry showing you, telling you how to grow your career. You can reserve yourself a copy at this URL. So get your pens out. It's bit.ly. So B-I-T L-Y forward slash make it in marketing. So that's bit.ly B-I-T L-Y forward slash make it in marketing. But the make it in marketing bit is in capital letters. So bit.ly forward slash lowercase and the rest is make it in marketing uppercase. I think you should get your heads around that and enjoy. It's a great read. Hello and welcome to the Shiny New Object Podcast. My name is Tom Ollerton. I'm the founder of Automated Creative. And this is a weekly show where I interview marketing leaders about their vision for the future of the industry. And this week is no different. I'm on a call with me here, Hayal, who is Assistant Vice President for Marketing at Apex Group. So Mihir, could you give the audience just an overview of who you are and what you do? Thanks, Tom. Happy to be here. So essentially, I'm, I'm a true blue digital marketer for the last 10 years, having worked in the financial services space, cybersecurity, fintech, uh, and uh, I mean, and, and of course, in the media space, which every marketer is guilty of having worked in. Uh, I basically enjoy content writing, which is how I got into the space. And then as I've progressed along the different industries, I've been fortunate to learn from them and, uh, and understand enough to be able to market them and make a good career for myself so far so i think and can you give us an overview of what you do currently of course of course so right now i am an assistant vice assistant vice president of digital marketing for the apex group which is one of the world's largest financial services industry uh, i mean one of the world's largest companies in financial services industry uh, in the sense that we have assets under management uh, worth 3 trillion dollars which is uh, larger than the GDP of a lot of countries as well. So uh, uh, in this role, I essentially take care of influencer marketing where I get in touch with influencers and make sure that uh, they have a good name for our brand and that we're able to market well to them, make good connections, and then uh, hopefully create a better brand image. So in the last five years, what new belief or behavior has had a positive impact on your career? Well, uh, this is actually a little controversial, but I, I think the fact that uh, your office life, your work life essentially goes beyond nine to five is, is a belief that has really improved the quality of my work life. Now, when I say this, I obviously don't mean that you need to keep overworking or deprioritize the other things in life and not maintain a balance. What I essentially mean is that uh, when I, I was growing up in my career, uh, I came across a lot of leaders uh, whose brains, you know, didn't really switch off after work. It's not like after five o'clock or six o'clock, whenever they shut down their laptops, they were totally detached from work. Uh, 
and and I realized from these people uh, and in most cases from personal interactions that they were really enjoying what they were doing that they were a part of an industry or they were at a level where uh, while there was <clears throat> other things that you know would be categorized as uh, usual work bs but they wouldn't really keep it from doing what they really enjoyed to do so that way uh, it didn't really cost them much brain cells to remember what was happening at work and what would be scheduled for the next day uh, it essentially relates to uh, it essentially results in two things the first is that you are better prepared for any work related emergency even if it comes in a little uh, beyond your working hours and the best part is that you're extremely prepared the next morning because you know exactly where you left off and that your entire week is planned so that way uh, uh and then that that's the way I've, i've seen leaders do extremely well in their careers uh in the last 5 years as i've grown a little in my career as well i've tried to utilize that advice and it's always worked well for me and in your career what has been your best marketing tip that you've received or that you give most often oh it, it's again uh uh you know it's it's again a little uh, astray from what we generally hear but uh, the the best tip that i ever got was from one of my bosses who incidentally happened to be a finance guy by by academics and then uh, he got into marketing during the 2008 recession when there weren't a lot of jobs so you know just to continue his career he moved to marketing and was doing exceedingly well i mean by the time i interacted with him he was already the cmo of three different companies uh, and again is is doing extremely well in life so the reason i add this is so that you know that this person has tasted success and his simple advice to me was that marketing success is not really dependent on creativity uh, and i think this is a misnomer that a lot of people have they believe because they're creative they would want to get into marketing because i think actual marketing success is incredibly scientific it's extremely mathematical uh, and the deeper you get into it the more mathematics comes into place uh, so uh, i i believe if we if we differentiate advertising and actual marketing which is a more strategic function uh, uh, people will be able to perform better uh, that's how i've also been able to kind of focus on the actual impact that that work is creating and let the data kind of narrow down the creativity and let me deliver the best results that i possibly can this episode of the shiny new object podcast is brought to you in partnership with manfest whether it's live in london or streamed online to the global marketing community you can always expect a distinctive and daring blend of fast paced content startup innovation pitches and unconventional entertainment from madfest events you'll find me causing trouble on stage recording live versions of this podcast and sharing a beer with the nicest and most influential people in marketing check it out at www.madfestlondon.com So we're going to move on now to your shiny new object which is the use of AI in marketing. So that sounds pretty broad to me. So can you tell me specifically why that is your shiny new object and why you think that that represents the future of the industry? Sure, sure Tom. Uh so so this is actually this actually dates back to a conversation that I was having with a friend of mine uh about 6 months back. 
uh where you know uh, this guy again you know he's somebody who spent like 10 to 15 years in the industry uh has worked across a lot of different roles and uh knows the marketing industry as as well as business management uh, quite in depth uh he was starting his own agency i mean the agency was live uh, a few months back as well but then about 6 to 8 months back he was you know really scaling it up and then he was speaking to all of his other friends in the industry asking for references of people that could they could hire or you know things that they could do just just tips like that and then uh, you know when 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 he and i started to talk about brand which is uh, one of the areas that i really like to talk about so when we were talking about that he made a statement saying the the content writing industry will essentially go extinct and the brand managers of today will become the content writers of tomorrow i mean uh, so to say that these roles will eventually merge and uh, that sounded very weird to me because in in all of my career whenever we were hiring for marketing roles we very we very pointedly made sure that the brand and the content people were distinct uh this conversation essentially led us down a rabbit hole uh in into describe what he meant uh which was the use of ai to replace a lot of monotonous work that that does come in in the marketing operation so you know this could translate to uh letting ai write content for you there are several uh, marketing tools available today uh I probably wouldn't want to name them right now because uh, that would seem like endorsement which i don't want to but uh, but still you know there are several marketing tools which uh, just a few words on google search engine will let you know which can actually write content for you so so as to saying that you put a brief in there you let them know what tone you want what language you want what uh, impact you would like to create your call to actions or you know whatever the kind of briefs that you would essentially give a copywriter and the ai would write it for you uh, of course there is some tweaking needed to it but then there are also tweaks needed when the copywriter does it for you and the copywriter generally takes time whereas the ai does it in a couple of seconds so that is just one example of what could be uh there are also applications and and that that just led me to research more about this there are also a lot of applications of ai uh in creating your marketing graphics creating a lot of other things which uh at least for a smaller startup or for a smaller uh player makes their entire copywriting team and the the design team redundant because they can have these amazing fantastic tools uh some of which are free as well to do this entire work for them and i think that is revolutionary and i i, I can't wait to see how the next 5 years will evolve this part so can you tell me about a time when you used this technology uh, well uh since we are extremely process oriented in the companies that i have worked with uh, most of them have had very serious businesses uh with cyber security and all uh in terms of copywriting we couldn't really do that at my work but then if at any time i'm say uh having to get a creative done having to make a presentation really fast uh i can just use these tools uh to make sure that my my presentation looks immaculate it uh gets the job done and also looks incredibly beautiful without you know having to have a designer brain uh in in most of the profiles that i've worked with this has come in incredibly handy when the designer has been unavailable uh and you know something needs to get turned around immediately 
that's when I've used these tools without really understanding how Photoshop or any of those softwares work. Uh, and, and, and that's really helped man. I mean, in, in getting quality looking designs, uh, which makes it feel like some, some expert designers have done that. And I've been able to do it without really knowing much about how to. So what's the blocker for using it externally? So I understand that you can make a design look nice and you know you can pad out a deck with some automated copy, but there's a problem there, right? So yes, you can do things quickly, but there's what is stopping your brand handing over the copywriting to AI? So see, I mean, uh, see, like, like I said, Tom, you know, when you, when you start off with something like this uh, and, and your, your company is much smaller, then uh, you could you could easily replace your entire team. So especially for companies which are, have, uh, say, a, a workforce of zero to 10, this can be an incredibly useful tool because for them, uh, efficiency, I mean, you know, speed of delivery is more important. But then uh, because I have mostly worked in industries which are extremely serious, uh, they would require a lot of uh, copy checks. They would require uh, a lot of specialization in the writer itself, which sometimes AI fails to provide. For example, when I was working in the cybersecurity industry, uh, I was actually, uh, it, it's very fortuitous that I was actually working with a player that used to create content for cybersecurity education as well. Uh, so whenever we were whipping up briefs or probably creating a social media copy, then it was easier to rely on a tool like this. But then when you're writing extremely technical content, uh, say for the actual courseware, then you would need uh, a, a couple of humans to get involved. So I think there's a challenge there, isn't there? That yes, you can have an AI produce this content, but fundamentally it's not good enough and you need a human to augment it. So why not just get the human to write it in the first place? Exactly, exactly. See, which is why, uh, which is why uh, what I said was, I'm really interested to see how this pans out in the next five years. Because uh, uh, the the way I look at it, it's it's very ironical that on one hand, you know, with applications like TikTok and Instagram uh, and a lot of others and, and YouTube, of course, there's a huge creator economy which is getting created. You know, people who would uh, would who are voluntarily leaving their jobs and moving to create uh, their own company, so to say, uh, in terms of their their, their Instagram identities or their, their YouTube uh, channels. But then on the other hand, while the creator economy is rising, the ease with which you can create content in today's time uh, with, with blog writing and all, uh, and, and unless you're doing an extremely specialized content creation, uh, this, this, this AI tools, they, they just help you do that in a few seconds. Uh, and that for them, at least for these, these, I mean, these, these people, these creators or these small time companies, I think it just helps them save a lot of time. So, uh, this irony is what really surprises me at the moment. I think that the issue that I have is that for a small business, I, I run, uh, the, well, 16, 17 of us now and sure time is in short supply, but the idea that 
just producing content quickly sounds appealing, but if it's the wrong content or it's not really good, then it's it's better not to have it at all because the issue with AI driven content is you have to train the AI on the type of content to write. So what the, you give the AI like I don't know, a million instances of copy or a billion or whatever, whatever your data set is. And what fundamentally it suggests is an aggregate of what has been before to suggest what should be in the future. So yes, all right, write a blog post about uh, takeaway food. What it'll do, look at all the previous blogs about takeaway food or whatever it is, and it will spew out a blog post. However, that is a regurgitation of everything that's been before. And quality content is something that is produced that challenges or is some way different or better than what has been before, hence, hence its value. So my issue is, is that certainly for a business like mine or a similar one, if you have an AI that could just churn out a blog post based on what has been before, all you're going to be left with is a version of what has been before without the cool thing that really matters, which is the view of my business or the person writing that content, the individuality of the person. So I'm just curious to know how you think that AI will get around that in the future, that it's brilliant at replicating the past in order to suggest the future, but it is removing the one thing that is exciting about content, which is the people who are creating it. Uh, as somebody, uh, Tom, who's literally started his career with content, uh, and and that too, when you know, I thought I thought content writing was literally the only skill I could have, because um, uh, I I didn't I didn't come with an engineering degree, and since I'm from India, literally everybody I see is an engineer. So uh, you know, for somebody who's had content literally start my career, I I I really relate to what you just said. And uh, that's why I'd like to add that uh, creating content for your business directly as a, uh, you know, let's just call it a saleable, uh, as a saleable asset, uh, as a sellable asset, sorry, as a sellable asset uh, is probably just one of the uses for which I think uh, AI is not good enough as of this moment, but then there are several other uses, right? And content is just one piece of it. Let's say, let's say, even even if uh, your business is is really specialized writing, and and for that, of course, you know, when you're creating something of an asset like a white paper or a or, or an article or a or anything which you would rather use to sell or or to even market your company, you might want to put it put in a lot of thought of thought, which is great. But then there are also things like uh, making sure that your Twitter account is active each day. Uh, that you're posting something regularly that is seemingly related to your work. And that also shows you as as a thought leader, uh, things that a lot of people would want to to hire a company for, which is to maintain their, their social brand, uh, and, and make that, you know, even, even repetitive content, but then one that is trending is still maintained, which is why I did allude to the creator economy when I said this, uh, but the point is that the way I look at it is uh, more from the angle of liberation, where it takes up all of these little bits of content that you still need to produce. Because uh, if you say are not tweeting about two to three times a day, um, the Twitter algorithm will not push your, uh, again, I mean, I mean, Twitter might be a bad example considering what's happening around, uh, but, but still, you know, in a, in a generic uh scenario, let's say the Twitter uh, algorithm will not push your profile to more and more users if you're not tweeting consistently and regularly. 
and for somebody who's actually in the business and has to make business decisions all day this might consume a lot of your time but then with the use of ai for for this bit of content you could easily just spend um, say a half an hour max to plan your entire work week uh, i mean your entire work calendar as far as your online posting is concerned uh, use ai to create content which is seemingly similar to what you would want to say anyway um, given your brief to the the ai and then focus up your mind to to you know really apply yourself to the things that really matter to your business you know like creating a, a really splendid white paper or 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 you know any other asset that would really showcase your skill which is not dependent on the ai but even then uh, you know using ai tools like uh, like grammarly does and the reason i use it uh, uh, without wanting to sound endorsing is because grammarly is almost used as a synonym these days for any tool that can help your uh, your your grammar be edited on the go tools like that will come in handy even if you're writing really specialized content for which you probably have worked for years or studied for years uh but then the best part about this is that it really frees you up to do things that you would want to do and again this is just one application of it right uh whether you would want to create a brief for even your designer to work on uh i remember having to struggle with that uh at the start of my career when i would want to communicate to the designer what i wanted to create and then i would create a very bad looking sketch by myself using pen and paper and that might not always be convincing enough for the designer uh and then there would be some back and forth but then now uh, using ai templates i can literally just put things on paper uh within a few minutes and send it to the designer to create something which is uh attuned to our company's brand image and also saves a lot of time in sharing brief to that individual uh, were i doing this on a on a personal level uh i might not even mind spending a few more minutes on the design just to you know just just to put that uh, put that out there because because for a young business then especially from the creator side maybe speed would be more important uh, than uh, getting all the design intricacies in place that that larger businesses uh, would prefer to so i'm just saying that we were as limited by our uh, when the only thing that's limiting us is our imagination as far as these tools are concerned. Mahia, unfortunately, we need to leave it there. So if someone wants to get in touch with you about any of the topics we've discussed today, where would you like them to do that? And what makes a great outreach message to you? I'm always uh, active on LinkedIn. And I think that's that's where most people could get in touch with me. Uh, my my profile is by my name, Mihir Haryal. And uh, I'm not very active on Twitter because I can't really keep creating content all the time. uh but my twitter handle again is mihir haryal m i h i r h a r y a l and uh, always happy to connect with people mihir thank you so much for your time hey thanks tom happy to be here hi just before you go 
I'd really appreciate it if you could take the time to write a review of the Shiny New Object Podcast on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, whatever it's called these days, or whichever podcast provider you use. We're an indie podcast, so it would go a long way for us if you could just share the word and give us a bit of a support on those channels. That would just be fantastic. If you haven't got time, that's also cool. And yeah, if you could tell your colleagues about the podcast and also, if possible, don't forget to subscribe. And I'd love to hear your feedback. Uh, if you'd like to speak on the podcast or be a guest or you think I'm asking the wrong questions, anything, I'd be super interested to hear what you think. So please email me at tom at automatedcreative.net. That's T-O-M at, uh, I'm not going to bother spelling it. Anyway, you'll work it out. Thanks so much.